H.T. Wow, February season two. Hello and welcome to the February 2019 episode of H.T. Wow, otherwise known as High Tea with Old Waver. My name is Dave Lane. I'm also known as Old Waver. He is Toby Pipes. He's also known as High Tea. And uh, we have loads of great tunes to play for you and uh, lots of uh, ridiculous stories. Um, but first, we want to talk to you about something... Um, that is in a very early stage, but we are very excited about because we just had our first HTWOW After Dark last month in January. And After Dark is our super drunk after hours podcast. And it is available by <laughs> and, it, great. and it is available by subscription only. And so uh, I'd like to take this moment to give a shout out to our premium subscribers. Are you ready, Toby? Yeah, you said premium, weird. Premium subscribers. Uh, let's say hi to Benjamin. Benjamin. Dell. Dell. Ed. Ed. Joel. We know Joel. Joel. Lana. We definitely know Lana. Lana. Lane. Matt. Robin. Ryan. Sports Greek. Tommy G, who picked the uh, beers for this episode. This and, is your fault. This and Trevor. beginning is your fault. Yes, the, we're recording this at the end, so that's why this is totally incoherent. Uh, but Tommy and Trevor, uh, those are all of our current patrons. And you can become a patron yourself by going to oldwaver.com and clicking on the premium link. And that will uh, allow you to get some merch and to also access the After Dark podcast, which is Toby and I in uh, a very excessive state of inebriation, speaking and playing music and uh, otherwise making fools of ourselves. Not it, a lot of talking during that. I it's it's, it's more music and less talking. It's kind of the flip side of the regular podcast. So if you think that we talk too much on the regular podcast then the premium After Dark podcast is probably just your speed. Um, so please go to oldwaver.com and uh, look at our merch, look at our patron page, and uh, look at all of our previous episodes. And please send them to your friends. Please spread the word about HTWOW. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode, and we thank you for listening. Amen. Or... No, that was it. Okay. Good night. I know I, that's an album. I only know the uh, one that they had the video yeah, the, on MTV uh, where they had the skeletons. Touch of Grey or, or... Yeah, that's it. That's is it. it a Touch of Grey? I will get by. Yeah. I will get by.
Actually, we're only just beginning. Welcome. High Tea with Old Waver. February 2019 is underway. Toby, this is big episode number 20. You know, I'm unreasonably obsessed with random benchmarks. Yeah, yeah. I and, feel uh, bad that I, I, didn't, I didn't sing at the start because I was filming. That's okay. You should we see it. I'm sure it's awesome. It looks and amazing. I, and I, I kind of carried it for the both of us. You did. It, it sounded great, but I was um, I was filming all of our awesome stuff that we just happened to I know. be wearing. And we have so much merch. Um, we have more merch than any band I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's silly. Okay, so on the wall, we have the HTWOW scarf. Uh, on your desk over there, you have the HTWOW pint glass. With the beer for today. Yes, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh -huh. You have HTWOW picks, which you are going to take with you on tour, which we'll get to in a moment. They actually work really good. I've been practicing with them. Sweet. They're the perfect, um, you know, there's a gauge for the picks. Right. I picked the medium gauge, and they actually were medium gauge. It's, it's hit or miss with picks. Sweet. But um, they, they're actually not bad quality. Uh, then there's a bumper sticker up over here on the wall. There's uh, I'm wearing an HTWOW t-shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an HTWOW sticker on your laptop. And then you're wearing an HTWOW hoodie. Man. We're so, so nerdy. It's so stupid. Mm -hmm. But why not? Why not? And uh, if you would like HTWOW merch of your own, go to oldwaver.com. And there's two ways. You can go to the merch store or you can become a patron. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. If you become a patron, uh, you get free stuff. And you also get to do uh, cool stuff like pick the beer, which is what Tommy did. <laughs> Tommy is our first patron to do the honors of, of picking our beers, which was a huge relief to you because you no longer had to think about it. Yeah, I love not having to think about it. Is um is so is this the highest level of uh of of, of patron, patronage? Of page, of no, it's patronage? like it's like the it's like the medium level. Okay. If you're at the medium level, you get um a koozie, a t-shirt and you get to pick the beers. If you're at the the highest level, you get a koozie, a t-shirt, a scarf, and you get to pick the songs. I love a koozie. I, I didn't used to love a koozie, but now I, um, is that an, is that when you get older? That you like the koozie? That you start using I don't koozies? know. I feel like I've always used a koozie. When I was younger, I, I didn't use the koozie because I felt like that's what uh, people do when they fish. And you had something against people who fish? No, I just felt like it wasn't really my uh, style. But now I sort of feel like I am a person that might fish. We should go fishing. I would love that. We do sort of fish. We bucket in the fish. Back. We yeah. bucket fish, and we put our beers in koozies. So, so we're halfway there. So I was right. Yes. Uh, so Tommy, thank you for uh, giving us your picks, and you know, I just I made a realization. Because we've had this discussion many times at the top of the podcast about how I went to some random liquor store and had a hard time finding crap, right? Right. So I went to like my neighborhood specs to try and find the beers that Tommy suggested. Couldn't find them. 
So then I just went to the Specs mothership, the giant one off of 75 in Dallas. What? And they have a billion beers and they had, I mean, they weren't in the cooler. I had to go down to the, the warm beer aisle to find these, but I did find them. You know, I was in a Specs in Fort Worth once and the worst thing came over the intercom. The most embarrassing thing ever as of a parent. That your your child was lost in the liquor store? <laughs> they just, uh, some poor soul got the uh, call over the intercom that so-and-so, your child, we found your child at the front <laughs> of the cash registers. Can you please come collect your children wow. while they're looking for liquor at the specs? That's Le- at a, least they didn't leave them in the car in the parking lot. That's true. They just let them run random in a <laughs> liquor store. But um, I have not, I don't think I've ever seen the specs, the the mothership. Is, yeah. it, is it like a football field? It's, it's pretty giant. It used to be like a Toys R Us or something. Oh, I don't the know. The Toys R Us are just... It's yeah. sad when you pass them. I know. It's a simpler, were, simpler time. They were hell holes, though. Yeah, but that uh, Giant Specs has everything, so I think I'm just going to go there every time I need to look for beers. Well, did Tommy... But they're not give, a sponsor. Did Tommy give you a reason that uh, he picked... Uh, no, he, he just said that... He gave me three different ones and kind of like uh, increasing level of difficulty of finding. And so, but I was able to find the first two so I didn't have to uh, go down to his third pick. So okay. here, his, here, is, here, his, here is his first pick. This is from uh, Oscar Blues Brewery. Mm-hmm. If that sounds familiar, they're a Colorado brewery and most of us have probably seen, if not consumed, Dale's Pale Ale. That's kind of their flagship beer. Are yes. you sure about that? I'm totally, I'm totally sure. Because I thought the Dale's Pale Ale. Oh no, you know what I'm thinking of is the bomb. Uh, what's the bomb one that's from uh, Conroe? I don't know. I'll look it up. Go ahead. Okay. But you're right. You're totally right. I was yes. confusing it with something so else. So this is uh, an Imperial Stout called Ten Fitty. T-E-N-F-I-D-Y. Mm-hmm. It is named thusly because the alcohol by volume is 10.5%. So thank you, Tommy. Wait, what was the percentage? 10.5. <laughs> Did he do that on purpose? I Probably, because he knows. He's a, he's a patron. He knows yeah. what makes a, uh, for a good pod. It says on the back... Ten Fitty Imperial Stout. This dog will hunt. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Well, it tastes pretty good. It's a darker beer. I know. When I poured it, it looked like motor oil. I haven't tasted it yet. Let me see. Yeah, it's got you know kind of the malty, nutty taste, but it's not um, obnoxious. And it only comes in the four pack, so you know. We'll choke down two of these, and then we'll go to uh, Tommy's next pick. Well, I kind of like it. It's okay. it's pretty good. Um, it doesn't immediately uh, make me want to gag. So, and I, you know, and I kind of like the darker beer. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I do like the Imperial Stout more than just a a plain old stout. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of talking out of my ass right now, but I do like this. So, thank you, Tommy. 
And if this is your first time listening, the oh. reason that we're drinking beer is this is a song swap and a beer swap. So I bring three songs, Toby brings three songs, we take turns playing them, and we also usually each bring a beer, but Tommy did that for us, even though I bought them. You're welcome, Toby. I it's delicious. I'm wondering if you've used all of our money that we're just collecting. Oh yeah, from we're <laughs> we're we're still way in the red for all of the the uh, investment that we've made in HTWOW since the beginning. Uh, I don't think we're close to turning a profit yet. That's so. all right. We don't need to turn. We a do profit. it for we do it for the joy of seeing each other and listening to music and uh, spouting nonsense for two hours and allowing people to listen to it. And people send us nice messages that it, it helps them through the day. Yeah. Well, that's all if we're If that's here what for. we can do, that's wonderful. That's great. And man, we're going to be real dumb. Are we going to need to drink two of these? I mean, I think for Tommy, we should. Jeez. Yes, and um, also something that we'll uh, talk about a little bit later, we'll give you a, a sneak peek at HTWOW After Dark. We had our very first episode last month. It's the episode after the episode when we've consumed all the beers during the episode and then even more beers and then even more drinks. And then we sit back down and listen to more tunes and try and talk. And so we'll play you a, a clip of that to see what you're missing. That is by subscription only. Would you Would you like to hear the clip right now? Do you want to play it right now? Sure. Okay. So let's uh, let's put It'll our. It'll only be a second. Yeah, I know. Let's put our 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 minds in the space of this is late night. It's dark. A sneak preview. These guys are wasted. Let's go back to last month and listen. They're kind of a was it hard to say band. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them are some here. Some, some of them from there. Some of them to get a metal chitos band. Some of them gonna be. Some of them gonna be. Some of them Is it me next? Good times. Oh man, were we drunk? <laughs> oh wow. We do sound our voices. Um, I don't know if you uh, you listened to the entire thing, obviously. Yes, I did. Uh, we sound a little different. Yeah, we do. Uh, and you know, if you listen to the whole thing, <laughs> if you listen to the whole thing, you'll notice about halfway through, I am almost dead to the world that I'm, I'm barely speaking and that I'm sunk into the couch. And then for like the last 15 minutes, I suddenly, and I, there was no cocaine involved, but I was suddenly, there were metal bats there when I got there and I didn't even think, <laughs> I mean, I was so geeked up. I, I got a second wind and it was uh, really bizarre. It's good. It's those ciders. I guess so. They have sugar in them. They'll pump you up. Yeah. All right. So, um, oh, by the way, I found that beer I was thinking that you were talking. Do you want to see the cover? Oh, yeah. This is the oh, bombshell, yeah, 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 the yeah, blonde. Yeah. That's um, for some reason when you said Dale's Southern Dale Star, Ed. right? Yeah, that's the Conroe one. Have we had that one yet? Mm -mm. I don't think we have, but mm -hmm. I have had that beer plenty of times. It's good. It's a blonde bombshell, right? Yeah, but we're not drinking that today. No, we're not so. drinking that. We are drinking 1050. 
by Oscar Blues. Who also do the, and I I don't mind the Dale's Pale Ale either from the same, it's good. It is good. Uh, Did he keep it in the same company, or he he uh, went different for every beer? Uh, no, the other beer is a different brewery, but also a very well-known brewery. So, so you didn't pick up all three he picked? No, you I just, just picked up two. Okay. I just picked up the top two. Same store had both? Mm-hmm. The uh, Mothership? Yes, the Mothership. It was a one-stop shop, and I loved it. I also, they also, uh, for my own personal inventory, they had several ciders that I had never seen before. Why don't they let us do the pod from there? They should. We could just pick things off the shelf. I want to try this one. Um, okay, and before we get to the first tune, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to um, get off my chest, and now I can't think of what it was. Oh! It sounded serious. No, it's nothing serious. <laughs> okay. although, although people did think that we were uh, really mad at each other and that the After Dark was tense. Good. I mean, we were just drunk and we were just having fun. I get, I, every, people that know me know I get a little, I get a little bossy. <laughs> it's okay. Right. I mean, normally you are very easygoing. You have opinions, but you know how to couch them. But then when you're all. What is this sound? Are we being landed on? Do you hear that? Yeah. It's a troop transporter. Are we being invaded by the Aggie Corps. I don't know. It sounds close. Let's just wait for that to go by. You know, when they have the games and when they have the flyovers and all the stuff, mm -hmm. they come right over the house. You're in the flight path? Sure. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, uh, it's, it's just one of the many cool things about you. Yeah. Well, you're here to pump up new music. Yes, and uh, let's start with a band that we have featured before on the pod, uh, but not in quite some time. Um, and I can't remember how you reacted. I think you liked the song that I played off the, the last record, American Dream. This is a band called LCD Sound System. Oh, yeah. They already have another record out? Yes. Well, kind of. Because remember... The last time I was a little annoyed because they did the split and got back. Right, right. But now, but now they've been back. Right. So yes, they. Um, I guess they broke up in 2011, I believe, and then they got back together in 2015, 2016, and then they put out uh, the album American Dream in 2017, and. Uh, they're, I guess, going to do some headlining and stuff this uh, summer. Are they going to be playing all the festivals? They're, they're a pretty good fest. Yeah, festival Yeah, they're, they're a great festival band. We saw them at a festival. Yeah, we did. Didn't we? At Coachella. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they were the one that had the terrible set list. They front-loaded the top and then the end. Is that, is that the right band I'm thinking of? Your guess is as good as mine. They were in the tent. They weren't on one of the big stages. Right. And I remember we were just like, this is great for the first three songs. Yeah. And then it really... Uh, it bogged in the middle? Well, all the way out. They they, they played the hits early and then... Uh, Maybe they knew that they were up against somebody towards the back and they wanted to make sure that they front-loaded all their good stuff. Yeah. And he walked around with a cowbell like the whole time. Yeah. Was yeah. It? James Murphy likes him some cowbell. So, yeah. But it was good. So here's what they, they did. Um, so they, um, they put out a record 
in 2010 called the London Sessions, which they recorded live to tape at a studio in London. So what they just put out uh, this past week is uh, entitled... Live in Albuquerque. (laughs) No. It is entitled Electric Lady Sessions. Oh, because uh, I'm guessing they were in New York. Yes, so they recorded all of these tunes live to tape at the Electric Lady Studios um, in uh, Greenwich Village, New York, the studio that was built by Jimi Hendrix in 1970. And a million people have recorded stuff there. Jimi Hendrix built that or he just recorded there? No, well, it's it. according to Wiki, it says it was built by Jimi Hendrix and designed by John Storyick in 1970. Okay. Hendrix only spent 10 weeks recording there before his death. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's been used by uh, Led Zeppelin, Lady oh, Gaga. Yeah. That's, a, uh, that's a big, big studio. Uh, Blondie, Beck, The Clash. I'm sure Bowie's walked through Bowie, there. Interpol. Uh, Van Halen, The Strokes, of course. He uh, had me at Van Halen. Rolling Stones. Anybody who is anybody who has recorded anything in New York has probably recorded there. Yeah. So they did this uh, Electric Lady Sessions record, and uh, they have re- uh, released a couple of singles off of it, um, and then they just released the, the whole thing. And it's uh, kind of a cross-section of their career. There's... You know, a handful of uh, older tracks. There's a handful of tracks from their most recent record. And then there are three cover songs. And so the first song that I wanted to play for you today is a cover song. And uh, I get, um, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be too coy. And I don't want to, you know, mess with your mind too much. But I do want to kind of go into this song a little blind. I do, I do want to go into this song a little blind and also my next song a little blind because I want to get your, your honest reaction and make sure that uh, uh, you're, you're down with the funky sound, if that's cool. No, that's good, but you've heard it. I've heard it, well, but I wasn't so familiar with the original, but I think that you will be much more familiar than I. Okay, well, I'm ready. Okay, so this is LCD Sound System off the Electric Lady Sessions. It is called... Seconds on HT.
Do you know who that is? Well, yeah, you you told me it was LCD. No, but do you know who they were covering there? It's got to be Human League. Yes. At first, I was kind of like, I, I forgot that you said it was a cover song. And I was like, well, obviously, they're trying to do a Human League thing. But um, he even tried to do the voice and everything. Right. I mean, he was doing the Human League voice. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still good. I mean, I always like that um, he has a, a way of... Uh, he he's not afraid of making the keyboards have power. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he really goes for it. And it also sort of had a cool... Um, you said that they did this live. Mm-hmm. It had a cool, like, John Peel Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's, you know, and I don't know where the London sessions were recorded, but I think that that was kind of their inspiration to do that original live album, or, you know, live studio album was to kind of pay homage to all those legendary John yeah, Peel yeah, records yeah. from the 80s. Yeah, I mean, it's live, but it's recorded well in a studio. Right. So it's it's not like it's, you know, like you're at a venue and it's going to sound insane. You're still at a studio. Right. And you're all, yeah, and so you, it's going to sound you, good. Like those You John rehearse Pe- it, you find your best take, you know, everything's mic'd perfectly, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of versions of those John Peel things that people didn't realize that... They were playing them in the studio. But you know. uh, yes, that was uh, from the uh, second Human League record, Dare. Okay. So it was after the split. From the Heaven 17 guys. Yeah, where uh, Martin Ware and uh, Ian Craig Marsh left. It's cool. So is the whole thing, all of them, how many covers? There's three covers. Three covers and the other ones are Ridge. And yes. Uh, and so I was going to I, give you, because I, I was thinking of playing one of the other covers on the After Dark. Well, what are the other ones? The other covers, um, they did a cover of I Want Your Love by Chic. Mm-hmm. And they did a cover of We Don't Need This Fascist Groove Thing by Heaven 17. See, so he's just right now, does the rest of the record sort of sound like he's been listening to a lot of... Well, I mean, the the rest of them are all LCD songs, so I I don't know. Maybe you would hear, like, the way they interpret it or the the keyboard sounds they use. Oh, they're, you know, really into... Yeah, because even after... The Heaven 17 Human League thing. That record after the split, it's still heaven 17 influence like crazy right i mean you know of course it would be but um i bet i bet he's just been that's why i mentioned it to you i know he's been listening to a lot of this kind of stuff i wonder if the rest of the stuff kind of sounds like he's been jamming some penthouse and pavement maybe maybe so i I, yeah i guess our decision is made i will play uh we don't need this fascist groove thing on the after dark i want to hear it because you, uh, I mean, other than Manny, I think you're the biggest Heaven 17 fan I know. Yeah, I think I might top Manny on that one. Um, when I was a kid, you know, we're in College Station. We are. When I was a kid, uh, I came over to from Huntsville to go to the mall to probably that surf, Pat McGee's, the surf shop. Okay. <laughs> to buy some... Um, Is that what, like, uh, in, in like the Irving Mall, we had Fast Forward? Is it kind of like that? I don't know. This or was, it was just, like like a skate and sh- and surf shop. This was with... just surf. Like you could get those. Uh, you remember jams? Yeah. You could get jams. Okay. And you could get like uh, vans. Okay. The, the, mm-hmm. 
I remember I had a Vans uh, swimsuit. This is like sixth grade. But you couldn't get a sweet deck for your board? Um, no, it was still more surf. Is that what you mean? You mean the deck for, for yeah, like for, where the for wheels skate, go for, on? For skateboarding. I don't know. I, don't, I never skateboarded, so I'm trying to sound cool and I'm I know, not. I wasn't really a skateboarder guy. I wasn't a surfer either, believe it or not. There wasn't a lot of waves in Huntsville. <laughs> so you bought a Heaven 17 poster at uh, the no, surf so shop at the, or what? No, so at the Post Oak Mall, I, uh, there was a you know one of the awesome music stores in there. You know, you got a... Music Land? One of those. Hastings? Uh, yeah. It's probably a Hastings, that sounds right. But I bought, um, uh, I think it was How Men Are? Yeah. Heaven 17? Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. On cassette, and we played it all the way back, and Pat's mother thought I was just crazy. God, you're so cool. Isn't that cool? You're so awesome. I am so cool all the time. Um, so that is song number one down. Now it is going to be Toby's turn, and... Um, we didn't talk about it off the top, but the reason that we played Depeche Mode off the top, not just because it's awesome, but because it has something to do with your theme, because Toby likes to do themes. Theme slash book report. Yes. So who is the subject of Toby's HTWOW book report for February of 2019? Book report with not a lot of info. This is just... Um something we're giving you little tidbits so you can look it up on your own right <laughs> yes we're we're just giving you the passion for learning yeah and so, then it's up to you to follow through well the thing is is i started you know i like to do um you can you can pick a band or or a guy in a band like uh was last time the mick jones the clash one yes um it's it's fun to pick a dude but it's when you pick a producer it's if, especially if you pick a good one, it's endless. The tunes that you right. can get. Um, so I was, uh, you know, but that's also a battle of, do you pick the older guys? Do you pick the, the people that are doing stuff, you know, even in the 90s? Or do you pick the guys that started everything? I mean, every show can't be about Brian Eno. <laughs> so, um, but there is a group of guys, and this is what I was telling you, uh, earlier is that this will this will set off a series of probably the next four episodes if that's okay with you sure so this is this is a producing tree yeah kind of like in the nfl where you have like the coaching tree yeah and i started off i was gonna do uh john leckie which i'll do and i was gonna do steve lillywhite but the two names that kept coming up with everything that that you and I love since probably we were 10 years old. This guy has, this guy and his friend, who I won't mention because his buddy will be the guy I'll do next. Um, but this is Flood. What is Flood's real name? Because I know I've seen Flood on a million records, but obviously that's his I want to say his name is Mark Ellis? It might not be Mark Ellis. I almost, I'm almost positive. Let me, let me make sure here that his last name is Ellis. I mean, it's cool when you can get everyone to just call you by a nickname like Flood. Well, have we talked about that? Like what, what the, why he's called Flood? I can't remember if you told me that sometime off the pod, but re- remind me. 
Well, hold on. Let's tell, uh, tell let's... us. Is this uh, is this Roman <laughs> Roman? Is this Roman numeral two in your book report? What do you mean? Like in the outline of your book report, Roman numeral two, how Flood got his nickname. How do you get the, uh, is it pseudonym? Mm-hmm. Um, well, on the wiki, they they say something, but I think the wiki's been fixed. It's wrong? Yeah, they say that during a cure session, he, when he was an assistant, you know, the, all these guys start off as a runner, and as a, you know, where you go get uh, food or drinks at a studio right. when you're... Yeah. That's just how everyone you gotta starts. You got to learn the ropes. You got to learn the ropes. You sit around people that know what they're doing, and you watch them. And some people are just interns and don't care and show up every day and don't learn a thing. And other people really... I mean, in order to record music, if you're into it at all, all you have to do is watch people that are good at it. Right, and but you do, but you do have to have a good ear and an attention to detail. That's true. To and be you, good and main main thing of uh, most important, you have to be a good hang. Right. Yeah. You can't. You, you can't be the the task taskmaster and the the pain in the ass when the band is paying you. On the Wikipedia, when he's a he's a he's an assistant. I don't even think he's an assistant engineer at this point. But they say that there were two assistants, or runners, that would go get the food and the drinks and all this stuff. Flood, or Mark at the time, was very attentive to what everyone wanted and would bring the stuff immediately, and the other guy didn't seem to care. So the the producer would call them, call Mark Flood and the other one Drought. Ah. But that's not what I've heard. I've heard that he's called Flood because when he used to go get the tea for people, he used to spill it all over the place all the time, and bands used to call him Flood. Okay. And doesn't that sound more of right. an English... Or, you don't get nicknames because you're doing something good. Right. Or or maybe he his pants were short. Could be that. I've heard... Or maybe he liked to pee on girls. I've heard on many occasions... Uh, you can even look up in uh, interviews from other bands and stuff... So doesn't that that make more sense? That makes more sense. I think someone fixed the Wikipedia to make it sound like he didn't spill stuff all the time. Because that's a boring story. That is a boring story. But so I'm going with that he used to spill stuff, and that's why I'm going with that he used to like to pee on girls. That's is that called a what is that called? Does that have something to do with? I don't know. Why did you say? I just I don't know because I (laughs) thought of. Spilling stuff, and then I thought of R. Kelly, and then, you know. You went from spilling stuff to R. Kelly peeing on girls? Don't ask how my brain works. Blame the 1050. I know it's strong, isn't mm-hmm. it? I'm about ready for number two. Anyway, so, um. so the guys, this is, you know, when we start talking about breaks and you're around at the right time. Yes. He starts off at... Uh, um, I don't know if you know this, but timing is everything, Toby. And boy, it sure is. He starts off at, I think, at a place called Morgan Studios. I don't know what that one is, but eventually ends up at a bunch of other studios working. And, and of course, he runs through Trident Studios, which every seems like every great producer engineer has gone through there at some point. Um, but his first assistant engineer thing is for... Uh, Movement. Oh, the very first New Order record. 
Is that pretty cool? That's pretty awesome. If that's your first thing. I mean... Where, you... where was that? Was that in New York? Or no. was that in England? That had to have been in London, yeah, cause, right? uh, Yeah, because I don't think they had ever made it to the U.S. until after that came out. Yeah, let me see. Morgan Studios was right. He was at Battery Studios, which will come up in a minute. Um, Marcus Studios, Trident Studios. No, it just he moved up to uh, House Engineer before going freelance the same year. Worked assistant engineer on New Order's debut album, but they don't say which studio. Okay. Um, but that's a pretty cool one to start with. But the song that I'm going to do get to first, because, you know, I always say every single episode, it's hard to pick. I, I'll get to all the other bands later, but his first real engineer thing after assistant engineering for movement, which I'm guessing is why he got the job. There, I think there were two other engineers on this record, and they don't really list who did what. But I'm guessing with later on the type of records he was doing, he had a lot to do with this. But, you know, Ministry's first record that uh, Al Jorgensen wasn't too proud of for a while. Does he still disown it? No, I think he's gotten back into it. Unless I'm crazy. I don't know. I mean, not into it. Like, I'm sure he doesn't play it live or anything. But, it, but yeah, but after the fact, after Ministry went industrial then he claimed that that was made under pressure from the record label that that wasn't what he wanted to do but that's insane because early on because it was his debut record synthesizer music what i mean i i think it's a great what do you think of sympathy i love it the first time i ever heard it and i didn't hear it until much later in life the first time i heard it i thought it was a mistake i thought so you heard it after twitch and stuff like. oh i i heard it as a full-grown man. I never listened to it back in the day. See, I heard this... For some reason, we had a copy of this from the start. And that's oh, really? why I was going to play it on vinyl. I couldn't find it, but I know I, I have I, this. I have it on vinyl. I got it at some point, but not from back then. But yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, this can't be right. Because it is so different, and you understand why if Al was super heroin aggro yeah. when they got super metal, metal guy I can see why he was how he against, would how he would yeah. be embarrassed and like not want to uh, admit this to his metal bros and his industrial bros yeah. but after assisting on on movement and then uh being the engineer on this you can see why he starts getting the jobs he's about to start getting but let's play um i i think this record's awesome um it is great to hear Al's faux British accent. Yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, I'm guessing he probably still, you know, this is. I think that this was probably a huge influence on Trent Reznor. Oh, this record. absolutely. Um, you know, and Flood ends up working, doing a lot of Nine Inch Nail stuff after this. But I'm thinking this had a lot to do with it. The Sympathy record. A lot of people, a lot of new wave kids. This was the start of the industrial synth kind of thing but this is a song called revenge the second song off sympathy um and i don't care if al hates it or not i'm into it do you want to hear it on ht wow ht wow
way to end it, Flood. Yeah. Yeah, they ended it with a bang. But what I think I remember as a kid, uh, I think I knew about this record because there was a bar in Huntsville called 17th Street Bar. And this was, you know, they would play this in clubs. This was a dance number. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of other ones from this album. But when you, when you got Twitch after this, you had to add up, wait, these are the same... <laughs> Because industrial just got a little bit more industrial from then on out, but it was—it uh, makes sense that Flood was had a lot to do with this record, because after this, he goes and does, starts working with Depeche Mode a lot. Um, did all those uh, Nights of Ebb records, right? Uh, did the uh, Nine Inch Nails records. But in between that, he's doing all the Erasure records. And I don't know if you mentioned this, but that's the reason why we played Depeche Mode at the top. He did, what, Violator and Songs of Faith and Devotion later? Yeah, and he's he's stayed with them on out. Like, he even did this uh, Delta and all that stuff. Yeah, see, uh, my... They've kept him around, which makes me think he's a good hang, right? If you keep the producer around... Um, which we'll get into some of the other producers later that for some reason they're great producers, but they don't stick around that much <laughs> with the band, even though they did the hit record. Right. Because I'm afraid they might be too intense. Um, but, you know, after this, he's had a, he gets a, a few things going. He works with this, um, I think it's, uh, what did I mention earlier? Some Bizarre Records was, oh, yeah. was the name of it. And, and it's with... Cabaret Voltaire. Uh, I want to say that the might be in there. So he knows but, all the cool people. Yeah, he's just, he's doing a lot of stuff, but then it starts down the tree of awesomeness where everyone runs across Brian Edo at one point. And, um, you know, and we'll talk about that in the next bit of his big mainstream, uh, huge development that uh then he starts working with when he broke into the stratosphere yeah like like mega bands where it won't just be stuff we listen to then it's stuff everyone in the world has heard stuff that flood has um worked on but i think i just think it's cool you know we like a lot of different types of of music but we kind of there's certain stuff that has a theme to it that we like and there are about five or six guys that we sort of owe it all to the sound of it and flood is one of them yeah it's one of those things that in the moment you don't necessarily realize or think about but in retrospect it's pretty amazing never even heard the guy's name till i started recording myself and then you start you know you start really looking on the sleeves of records and going oh my why is this guy's name on everything but you know i don't want to get too book reporty let's talk about dumb stuff that's uh that's a good start to your book report though i i right now i feel like it's a b plus it's a b plus like you would you started reading it and you're like all right i'm gonna set it down right now but I'm coming back to it. Right. I'm anxious to see where you take us next in this uh, musical journey. But right now you're sitting at a B plus. It's only going to get better from here. So B plus is good. Okay. Before I get to my next jam, which has a producer tie in, um, 
do you want to touch on either or both of the Super Bowl halftime show and or the Grammys? Are you going to play Maroon 5? <laughs> no, I'm not playing Maroon 5. Well, but, you, but you watched it, right? Yeah. You're talking about the halftime thing? I don't know. You mentioned it. You can yeah, cut this out. You no, can cut no, this no. out. Let's, uh, there's not a whole lot to say. It was awful. Yeah, I, I, I went into it with an open mind. Because contrary to what you might think, I don't hate them. I just think they're innocuous. They're unimportant. They're, you know, they're, they're background music. They're pop music for housewives, whatever. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, um, I don't necessarily hate the band, but I do not like the singer guy. Adam Levine. Yeah. I, I've never liked that dude. So, um, it, it was hard for me to get over that from the start. So I probably have a I'm the worst person to have an opinion right. on this because I was he proved every single thing that I thought from the very beginning to the very end. Right. Yeah, well, I mean he he ended up stripping down to just his his leather spanks and he uh did some um I guess impressive shredding. He did Whatever that was, that was so terrible. And his whole look at the beginning that he didn't care, and he sort of had this... Yeah, he was very too cool to even be there. He was douche at the start, and it ramped up to I a couldn't believe by I, the end. I couldn't believe that it turned into strip poker, that every song there was another piece of clothing on the ground. It was terrible, but... And this big, is big boy almost saved it. Well, this is Travis this, Scott was terrible. This is what I was about to say. I don't. I don't know if this is the band's fault. Why do we have to? Can't there just be? If you want there to be a hip hop or a rap act at halftime, why can't that be the act? Because it's the or, NFL. Or I also understand like if Aerosmith's song was redone by Run DMC and they come out there and right. do that. It's a thing. But don't force a thing that they've never done together. It seems so awkward. I think that and they feel that there is if you're not of a uh, certain level star power wise, if you're not Prince, may he rest in peace or the Rolling Stones or Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Paul McCartney yeah. didn't have that. That if you're not a singular artist who doesn't need any help, then you need all the help you can get to make sure that eyeballs stay on the halftime show. Well, then why do they get the halftime show? If you're not big enough to do the halftime show, well, yeah, then this, you don't get to do the halftime show. This was, a, this was a weird year because so many people turned it down because of the Kaepernick thing and the, the Anthem thing. It, it's to the point where they really just need to pull the plug. There's no reason to do it. It should be a. You know they, what they do should a, just do? Just do a studio show. No, they they need to do. Um, what they should do is the best marching band of the year gets it, and all of those kids get a college scholarship, and they would still spend less money. Every single kid in the band would get a college scholarship, and they would spend less money than what it costs for that Maroon Five thing. What do you think about what I've just sure. said? Sure. I think that uh, we need to get on the horn with um, what's-his-face. 
So, um, so every band in America would be trying their hardest. Yeah, they want to be in the Rose Bowl parade or the Thanksgiving parade, but they're really trying to get to the Super Bowl so they have their college paid for. Why can't I think of the commissioner's name? Gordon? Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, Commissioner Gordon. Wait, which commissioner? No, are you the talking NFL about? commissioner. Oh. The one everybody hates. Um, Bill Swarenstein. That is really close. Roger Goodell. Sorry. I don't that's know why I, I blanked on that. I was, that's what I said first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go back and check the tape. Um, but do you not think my idea is genius? Yes, I'm going to tweet it to Roger Goodell at NFL Commish right now. And that after this, when it is accepted, I should probably run for president. Yes. Is that a jump? I mean, it's not a big enough jump that you can't handle it. You know, I mean, there'll be some weird pictures of me, but nothing racist. <laughs> no, just really bad haircuts. What does that mean? You know exactly what it means. They were all like, great. So, I think it has just reached the point where we're out of, we're out of pop stars. Do you think so? Well, if that's the case, then why, why wouldn't it be the big? Like, why didn't um, unless I'm wrong. So, like, uh, Drake hasn't done a halftime No. Well, isn't he the biggest thing? I don't know. I don't know either. I think anyone like Drake and, like, Rihanna turned him down, and there was a lot of pressure for Travis Scott to not do it, is the the whole Kaepernick and Anthem thing. I don't know who Travis Scott is. He's, um... Uh, Dating the Jenner. Kylie... Is it Kylie or Kendall? Yeah, Kylie that, that Jenner's can't be baby the, daddy? That can't be the reason why you're at the Super Bowl. I mean, he's really big right now. The kids love him. I don't know the tunes. Like, I, I'm wondering... He, like, he why cursed on the Grammys, too. Why didn't... They uh, beeped him, like, three times in the Super Bowl, and then they had to beep him again at the Grammys. Dua Lipa should have done the halftime show. Yes. Okay, that brings me to the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Has nothing to do with Super Bowl halftime, but it has to do with the Grammys. Is uh, did you see Dua Lipa and Saint Vincent's duet? No, but I wish I would have. And and I love Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Is, we should play one of her songs. I know she won two Grammys the other night. She should have. She is the most played thing in the entire. She's a. She's know, a. a she's, of- she's a worldwide pop star. She's just now breaking in the U.S. Well, you can say that, but she is the most played thing on Spotify by billions. Right, I mean, but worldwide. Is, that includes worldwide, not just that, not in the U.S. I know. Why are you fighting with me? Because it's she is known in the U.S. She's on freaking Kids Bop. I understand that, but I'm just saying that your average Grammy watcher had no idea who she was. Before last night, or before the other night. I bet they loved it when she walked up there. Hell yeah, they did. So she won uh, Best Dance Recording for her single Electricity, and then she also won the Grammy for Best New Artist, which was kind of a surprise win. There was a very stacked category. Um, But the best thing of the entire night, and, you know, there were, like, uh, Brenda Carlisle, her performance was really great. From the Go-Go's? That's her name, right? Brenda? I'm just kidding. I don't know if it's Brenda. Is it Brenda? 
Brandy. Brandy, there you are. Brandy. <laughs> I mean, but she was she was fantastic. Uh, of course, Dolly was fantastic. Dolly was great. I don't. Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, but I think that this was by far the the highlight of the night. You, this was happened during the Grammys. This this was very late in the show. Okay, I didn't see this part. Okay, okay well, good. I'm gonna pl I'm, I'm playing you the video, so you have the benefit of the visual. Whereas uh, our dear listener can only hear it, and they'll probably want to Google it themselves. But so I here is. It, I think it'll be easy to find. Here is uh, Saint Vincent with uh, Mass Seduction and Dua Lipa with One Kiss in their Grammys mashup. superhuman because she seems giant right I can't believe I missed that because I thought that the rest of the Grammys was terrible 
Um, that is by far the best thing that I've heard from the whole deal. I, I think I might have shut it off at the, before that because I had enough. Um, it wasn't great. I would say 70% of it was like a bad uh, junior high talent show. Is that too... Eh, you know. Harsh. I don't know. Most but, uh, of the live things and most things were terrible. Dolly Parton was good. But the thing is, is that they had never met, and uh, one of the guys at the Grammys suggested that they should collaborate, like, the Wednesday before. Yeah, and I think that they did this at a Spotify event before. Maybe so. Yeah, so they, they had worked this out, but of course they're going to be pros at it, and I wouldn't be surprised if St. Vincent's next record might have a little... Uh, a little do, do a leap of guest spot? Maybe a guest spot, but definitely a little bit more dance to it because mm-hmm. you could see that she was kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, here's a whole other thing I can do. This is, uh, there's something to this, uh, which I think that she should get into anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, she she's there shredding her signature guitar, and like I said, she looks like a future lesbian. They both look great. Uh, yeah, mean, they, they yeah they talked about how uh, they both have kind of the same haircut right now, and so they they wanted to look kind of like uh, disturbing twins, but have like sexual tension between them. <laughs> so good. So that was by far the highlight of my Grammy night. That is the highlight, and I didn't I didn't see that part. So that, well, I'm I'm glad that I could share it with you. That uh, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I am a uh, I'm a Dua Lipa fan when I probably shouldn't be. It's okay. But um, I like it. Everything that I've heard of, pretty and, good. And as you told me, and I believed you, and it's been proven true, Dua Lipa is a wonderful follow on Instagram. Turns out she's popular. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. And um, uh, yeah, th- it was really interesting and kind of cool how it was so female forward, the entire Grammy show. You remember we had um, a St. Vincent tune on the, the pod like a year ago. Yeah. I played it for you when that Mass Seduction record came out. So, I mean, we're on top of everything. We know all the cool stuff. Like, they're the two future women. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the, the, we're the future boys. Same, we're the future dudes. Yes. You and I, when we do the pod, we circle each other, and we kind of touch each other suggestively. And we sort of have the same haircut. Uh-huh. Their heads were more the same size, yeah. though, which is weird. I'm like a uh, mutant Dua Lipa, <laughs> and you're midget St. Vincent. <laughs> you're a huge Dua. Yeah. Yeah, but then you I'll still take win it, because Dua wins. Yes, I'll take it. All right, so we are on to uh, 1050 number two. Golly. It's, it's, uh, yeah. That's me slamming the couch because I'm so wasted already. It sounded good, though. It did sound like a kick drum. Hit that um, again real quick. I'm going to have to remember that. Okay, so... My next tune, we are now to tune number three. We have our own songs? <laughs> yeah. Um, that didn't count. St. Vincent and Dua Lipa was a bonus. But uh, here is my second song. Now you're bullying me. Now you're playing an extra tune. That what a- wasn't whatever, whatever, whatever. 
Um, so I am not going to do a lot of setup on this one because again, I want to let you listen to this with virgin ears and then discuss afterwards. Uh, but just know that this is brand new, just came out like within the last two weeks. Hot off the press. Hot off the presses. Uh, it is from the UK. Uh, it is a solo effort by the singer of a band of some note. Have you played this band before? I have not. And it is produced by a producer of some note. A producer produced it. A producer of some note produced it. So let's listen. Let's this is. This. I like how we're over pronouncing everything. <laughs> like Skip Bayless. That we're saying. So let's listen to the next jam on HTWOW. It is entitled Stars Around My Heart.
Okay, for a second there, I thought it was somebody. <laughs> um, but then it got too cool at the end. That made me think it was an older person. Okay. So it has nothing to do with the band Keen. No. Um, because in the middle there with the piano, it kind of made me think right. of that. Right, I could see that. Um, it's an older, it's older than that, right? Uh, older than Keen, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I recognize the voice at the end there, but I can't, I can't figure out who is that. It is Steve Mason, who is best known as lead singer of the Beta Band. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten that. Were you ever a fan of the Beta Band? Uh, I knew of them. I might have had a few things, but I wasn't a super uh, fan boy of the Beta Band. I loved, loved the Beta Band. And uh, what happened to the Beta Band? I mean, they they spent a lot of record label money and ended up bankrupting themselves and their labels. <laughs> how do you spend a lot of... Re- I mean, I know how you spend a lot of record company money, but how, how did they do it? Well, I mean, they were they were very much a uh, like a hot property. You know, they had the three EPs. If you remember that back in the late 90s, they, had, they, they were three EPs that they ended up compiling onto an album that was called the three EPs. And that that's a good that's a great idea. Right. And then uh, there was, I guess, like a bidding war over them. And then it was very much like kind of like a Stone Roses or Happy Mondays type thing where there were all these expectations and then they couldn't deliver on what was expected of them by the label people. You mean after those three EPs, their next stuff didn't deliver? Right. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, they ended up... Um, where, where's the, where are they from? They are uh, Scottish. Mm. And My so... God, this beer is strong. <laughs> so they ended up putting out... Oh, uh, including the three EPs, four full-length records. Wait, What? So the uh, the so they f- stayed on the label long enough to put out four more records. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they uh, let's see what label were they on? They were on Regal and then Because. Um, okay. But yeah, their first record, the three EPs, came out in '98, uh, and then um, their self-titled record came out in 2000. Then Hot Shots 2. And you you were into all of I was into all of these things. Did you see the Beta Band? I don't know. I've never seen them. I don't know that they've ever toured the U.S. Wow. Honestly. Um, yeah, it says here on the wiki that they disbanded in 2004. During the course of their career, they were hailed by both Radiohead and Oasis. They were what very, does that mean? They, well, when people I, say stuff. Like I don't know. That. They were very much a uh, a pet band that you know people scenesters in the English uh, indie alternative music. Are you was, a, are you was, a Dallas scenester? Yes, I am. It was cool to like the Beta Band. Okay. And uh, anyway, I they were one of my. Um, you know, we've talked before about how in the late 90s and the early aughts, there was kind of a dark period. Sure. Where there wasn't there wasn't a lot of stuff, at least that was being played on the radio that we liked. Uh-huh. And so you had to go mining for things and finding things on your own. 
And I like that you said mining. And the beta band were one of my pet bands, like Failure. Failure was another one of my pet bands. Oh, that reminds me. You're doing the swear. I can't believe after that episode. Do you think we got Failure back together because of our podcast? No, we didn't get them back together, but we... We did, though. No, we got their tour together. Because of Swerve Driver. Yes. So that... Pause on the beta band discussion. But, so we had... I played both Swerve Driver and Failure on the December podcast. See? And then, come January... They announced... They announced... After the failure drummer listened to HTWOW in December, he was like, you know what? I'm going to book a tour with Swerve Driver. God. See, this is like when Manny got the Sex Pistols back. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway. So uh, another story. I'll tell it later. We will will see Failure and Swerve Driver out on tour, and we hope to see you there. They're they're playing at House of Blues in Dallas. Already already bought tickets. Are you sure about the date? (laughs) Yes, I'm (laughs) sure about the date. Uh, anyway, okay, see so... see what I did there? Yes. So the most important thing that I want you to know about the album that we just listened to, uh, the tune, again, was called uh, Stars Around My Heart, uh, off of the new Steve Mason record, About the Light, just came out, it's on Domino, and it was produced by... Stephen Street. Of course it was. We were wondering what he was up to when... That was on the December pod too, right? So he listened to our last... <laughs> yes. And he was like, you know what? I need to get back to work. I'm going to produce Steve Mason's record. Would the world spin, the music world spin, if we didn't do this podcast? No, it would stop. It would stop. So um, Golly. I really, really like this new Steve Mason. Um, it was hard for me to pick the tune to play. There were... Two or three other songs that were strong contenders. Is he related to Nick Mason? Don't know. And um, the most telling thing about the new Steve Mason record is that I was playing it in the car and my lovely fiancé said, I really like this record. What what label that own? Domino. That's bigger than anything Beta Bam was on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're legit. Domino is a good good label to be on. All right, good for them. Yes. All right, yeah. so it's time for us to listen to Toby's next entry in his Flood book report, and then we also need to switch the beers Yeah. during this tune. So, yeah, I'm just going to get so, to the next So what tune. year? What year are we talking about? Because uh, Ministry was, what, 83? The Sympathy was 83? With Sympathy? 82. Well, no, 83. 83. Okay, 83. So, um, this is moving on. I'm going to skip a few years. Um, He's hitting his stride at this point. I'm... When was Joshua Tree? 87? Okay, so this is after... So, he's hit his... After uh, Sympathy starts working with Depeche Mode, all these other people, then he ends up as an engineer when he breaks it huge is when he gets to work on Joshua Tree, right? Right. I mean, that's he, he all of a sudden starts his thing with Eno. Um, he's doing all this work with Alan Mulder. Um, he's... 
this is the this is when we're kind of hitting our stuff too of things that we're really getting into of all these bands of late 80s early 90s before grunge hits right Right. yeah so this is uh march of 87 is when joshua tree came out yeah so all of a sudden he is the guy he's the dude you want on all these records these next two songs i'm going to play are sort of back to back um i want to say 92 93 even but um, so he's the he's the engineer, but Eno is the producer with Daniel Lenoy. Yeah, Len, Lenoir. Lenoir. Before he starts taking, eventually Flood starts taking over producer stuff. Same thing he did with Depeche Mode. Um, so he's starting to produce bands. This next band is one of his. Um, I'm not too sure how popular this record was, but for me, this record was huge, and they opened up for The Cure at Texas Stadium. Do you remember that show? On the Wish Yeah, when when, uh, Robert Smith came out in an Emmett jersey. (laughs) I did not go, but I wish I had. But the shirt I bought at The Cure at Texas Stadium was the Curve shirt, because I was so excited that Curve was playing this thing. So this is a Curve song. What's your uh, what's your background with Curve? I think I maybe had one or two records. They have a chick singer, right? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Her name is Tony Holiday. Yeah, she is very. She's a future lesbian, also, like a lesbian of the future. Was she? I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, 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 you mean the, her look? Just her look and the way she sounds and just, yeah, just her vibe. Looking. Just her vibe, yeah. Look this video up. This song's called Horrorhead. It's off of the Doppelganger record. If you're going to get a curve record, get Doppelganger. You can't find it on iTunes for some reason. And I swear it was a pretty, I mean, they opened up for The Cure. It's a pretty big record. Maybe they didn't want it on iTunes. I don't know. But you can't find it on iTunes. But um, I found it in my CD collection. And uh, the whole record's great. But this is the song. um, This is the second song off the record. I had to pick between three that I was going to play. But I'll play the other one tonight. I'll play the second fave off this one tonight. But this is uh, Horrorhead on H.T. Wow.
I'm so glad you played that. It's great, right? Yeah, I, we realized as that was playing that that album Doppelganger was totally one of my jams. Like yeah. there, there, there are at least three other songs that I distinctly remember, like Split into Fractions, Fate Accompli, Wish You Dead. Oh, Wish You Dead is so good. But yeah, so that, that uh, Doppelganger was their debut in 92. Yeah, and they had some, uh, I think it was, uh, I'm not too sure about the makeup of the band, but I think that the singer and the bass player maybe had another band for a while, but um, then they they developed Curve. And I want to say that... Um, okay, so here here is what Wiki tells us. Again, referencing Wikipedia, uh, that Dean Garcia, the the main musician dude from Curve, was introduced to Tony Halliday by Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. Of course, that makes total sense. Because um, he is a great producer in his own right. He used to produce all that. You remember that band Texas? Mm-hmm. He did all those records and a bunch of other bands' records. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so they they formed a a group called State of Play. That's it. State of Play was, and no one knew those records. Right. And then they kind of did their own things and then came back together and formed Curve. But she is, uh, I really recommend going and checking out the videos. (laughs) Right, yes. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm never into... Watch the St. Vincent Dua Lipa video and then watch the Curve video. They go... they go together very well. I mean, uh, Tony Holiday could have been on stage with them. I can guarantee you, St. Vincent knows of Curve. She knows of Tony Holiday, no doubt about it. Um, but here's my story. Do you want to hear my story? Oh yes. Was this? You said this was at Trees. So uh, they're playing Trees, and I don't know if you remember the uh, the leather shop that used to be across from Trees. No. There was like a clothes store um, that used to sell Doc Martens and, you know. Okay. If you wanted to be... Electric Boutique? If you wanted to go to a Bauhaus concert and you wanted to dress the It was the, the stripper part, store? It was the, it was the place. And um, I, I got to know the people that worked there. And they had something to do with Curve coming to Trees. Which makes sense, right? Like she got she, half her wardrobe when she came through town? <laughs> no, I think that they were also uh, concert promoters, the people that own the shop. So they had something to do with Curve getting there. So the girl that worked at the shop knew that I was really into them. Mm-hmm. So we go to the uh, Curve show together. And um, she's telling me the whole time, like, hey, I, uh, do you want to meet them? You know, and I'm like, sure, I'll, you know. What, remember, what year is this? This had to have been 1992, 93. Okay. When, when was this record out? It was 92. On, okay, so this had to have been like 1993. So, uh, this, so this is before DBS really took off. Uh, we're doing well at this point, but we would have been able to sell trees out, but we okay. weren't like a huge song on the radio or anything we were just doing pretty good but do you remember where the you know where the pizza shop is across the parking lot from trees yeah it's now oliver peck's vegan restaurant 
Oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, that used to be a record store. Really? Yeah, and it was I had two, no memory of that. It was two stories. And so the after party after their show, and the curve was amazing at Trees. And so we cruise over there because the girl keeps telling me, Hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna introduce you to Tony Holiday at the at the after party thing, and I was like, okay, sure, you know, but I'm I don't you know I'm not thinking this is gonna happen, so we're all just hanging out. We're in the record store. They're taking a long time, and I'm kind of like, look, I'm kind of beat. We have to drive all the way back to Denton tonight. I'm gonna roll, and she was like, are you sure? Because they're coming over here. And I was like, yeah. Because I'm thinking, she's just saying a bunch of stuff that this isn't going to You happen. don't believe her. Yeah. So, I cruise home. There's a message on my answer machine, and it's Tony Holiday. Like, where did you go? Like, no, you, she goes, I really wish I would have met you tonight. It was, thanks for coming to the show. Hope you had a good time. So, she wanted to, she wanted a piece of you, is what you're saying. No, not at all. I just think it's cool that the girl... That she the put friend her of mine up to, got to, to leave, her, leave a message. She made a point to say I was for real. I was going to introduce you to Tony Holiday tonight. And, and where where early. do you keep that message now? I played it over and over. You know, it was on one of those cassette. Uh, you know, the answer like machines the mini with the little mini cassette uh-huh. things. I played it over and over, probably about twenty times. Um, I don't know where it is now. But then your um, then your mom left a message and recorded over it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Damn it! But um, that was a huge thing for me. That Tony That's Holiday huge. called my answer machine in Denton at a house I lived across from TWU. I can't wait to see the video later. And I can't wait to listen to Doppelganger on my drive home. I know. When's the last time you thought about Doppelganger? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I still have it in my CDs. That... that uh, doppelganger record punches you in the face. It, it's so good. It, it is one of those punch in the face, but also pleasant. Right, but I, I'm just saying that it, it's got so much uh, depth as far as as whoops. You're just as far tea. as you know, just as far as the bass response and the drum sound. It you know it's pleasant to listen to, but it also is really aggressive at the same time. Yeah, with that much mush of the music, you can still hear the drums, and it's good. Um, but also, I think that he gets this gig because he was working with uh, Jesus and Mary Chain around the time, and do we owe it to the band, or do we owe it to the producer? A little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, and then, mm. there's this party in the middle. Uh, by the way, if you are still listening to Music Nerd Talk on HTWOW, uh, we have switched beers. I sort of forgot that we were doing something for a while. It's okay. You can cut most of that out. Who knows how long the raw tape of this one's going to be, but hopefully it'll be under two hours. It doesn't matter. It's Tommy's fault. Yeah. Tommy. Why okay. are all these beers so strong? <laughs> this next one. So we went from 10.5 down to 6.5. So thank you, Tommy. As I said, this is also a very well-known brewery, Dogfish Head. And so this is a partnership between Dogfish Head and the Grateful Dead. It's American Beauty Pale Ale. And, God, it doesn't say on the bottle. It says it on the, the six-pack, and I didn't bring the six-pack in here. But it's, it's like a pale ale brewed with, like, honey and granola. <laughs> um... 
Oh, you mean what type of beer it is? It does right, list it's a, the alcohol. Right, but it's it says something about the flavor profile on the the six pack because these are bottles. It's nice that they market it for children. No, those are those are like the Grateful Dead bears. Oh, there's a Grateful Dead bear. Yeah, well, obviously neither of us are deadheads, but. Yes, the Grateful Dead, like these cartoon bears. What's the only Grateful Dead song you know? American Beauty? Or is that an album? Oh, wait, why are you saying that? Because that's the name of this beer? Yeah. I know I, that's an album. I only know the uh, one that they had the video yeah, the, on MTV uh, where they had the skeletons. Touch of Grey or, or... Yeah, that's it. That's is it. it Touch of Grey? I will get by. Yeah. I will... Yeah, man. Mm. I didn't. Um, I do. I do taste the granola and the patchouli. It's not bad though. It really isn't. And the pit, and, and the you know pit sweat. Yeah, and um and the glow sticks. It's really I, uh, as opposed. The last beer was delightful, but this is a you you got the order right. Yeah, I know because you you want to start strong and then let down. And so, even though maybe when, if we drank this first out of the gate, we wouldn't think it was that great. It tastes like a... It tastes like, uh, like that Corona light we had before we started <laughs> recording. It's so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we only got two songs left. I know. And so that means before no, we... No, wait. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, we only have two songs left, which means before we get to my next song, we need to at least start on... New Orleans. Oh my God! How did we kick that off? Well, because that you know we we kick the can. We wait until it's too late to talk about what we really want to talk about. You okay, know, well, it's probably best that we don't tell. I mean, we don't need to. We don't need to pull the curtain back too far. But what we can say is that at the end of January, we had uh, an epic. I'm sorry. I keep on knocking stuff over. It's like you're a. You're stacking up beers in the, like you're a college kid that's uh -huh. stacking up beers in the bathtub, and you keep knocking them over. Uh, yes. Yeah, so at the end of January, we had an epic uh, group trip to New Orleans, which is hard to organize, and you did a great job, Dave. Thank you. Um, you really did. And so, primarily, it was for my betrothed, my uh, my better half, Marissa. It was her birthday. And she also shares a birthday with the one of the people that we can't get through an episode without mentioning, Taylor. Next episode, we're not mentioning him. No. Not Taylor Tatch, but Taylor Young. Taylor Young of the O's and Taylor Young of the Taylor Young Experience or whatever the hell he's calling that now. But it was also Taylor's birthday. So but that was thrown in at the end. This was, it was Marissa's it was, birthday. Yeah, it was Marissa's birthday. And so... Uh, it all I mean, it all came together nicely. I wasn't sure how it would all work out, but I kind of planted the seed with uh, her sister and her friends like six months out because I wanted to get like an Airbnb where a bunch of people could stay and it could be like party headquarters, right? Which was a great place you got. Yeah, so I ended up booking a place and uh, it ended up being... It was kind of in between the quarter and uh, the Marigny. Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of people from uh, 
Marissa's high school years, her college years, uh, all of our friends, and then Taylor and some of Taylor's friends, Sean Russell and his his wife and his friends. And so we had... Uh, they were crazy. At the peak, we had like 18 people all together. And it was like herding cats. You know, we had a group text message trying to coordinate, hey, we're going to meet here at this time. And Yeah, but New Orleans isn't really like a, a ski vacation where you all have to be at the... No. It, you, can all, you can do your separate you're thing. You're all in the same place, but you don't have to all be at the same bar right. or restaurant all the time. You're going to see everyone at some point. Yeah. And it, that's what makes it great. It was fantastic. I want to hear from you what was the highlight of the trip oh no doubt about it my favorite place in new orleans is above um i don't even want to say the the fact that you booked that i don't know how you did it um i lucked out i always just go there and ask the bartender if i can go up there and we just walk up there but you actually booked it and did the um should we let people know the secret of no, we, we don't Orleans? need to. I mean, if they want to. If you want to know, if they want to email, uh, us, email at, us and we'll tell you. Yeah, email us at htwowpod at gmail.com and we'll tell you the but secret yeah, place. Right by Jackson Square. That's always going to be my favorite time in New Orleans. I love the first night too because I would have never gone to that place. And I was. Cafe uh, Negril? Yeah, and we go in there and there's a a band playing uh you know and it's mostly reggae stuff but it's kind of cover stuff right other cover tunes but in their way but you know new orleans you always end up in places you would probably never be doing things you would never do and that's what that's why it's fun right yeah it'd be because you are with people that you care about and that you are the, the drinks are flowing to the point where ultimately you don't care and everyone, you're just having a great time everyone that works there is super there's a whole thing of new orleans has a way of they want you to have a good time so bad that they'll do anything to make sure that you're having the best time and um i missed the last day but taylor uh Taylor was giving me the updates on the Sunday because we left Sunday morning mm-hmm. um, and we got to go back to Baton Rouge where we used to live for a long time and do Baton Rouge stuff, which was so awesome. But you guys, how was Sunday? I missed the whole Sunday. Uh, Sunday was... He said it was great. Y'all know that you were at the carousel bar at uh, Montalayon. Yeah, yeah, Sunday was kind of a long day because we did... Uh... We did our usual brunch spot, and then we did... Did you guys hit that every day? Well, because no, how did I only... we find that in the first place? Because I'm sure the first time we went years ago, we found that on accident. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know the, the, the party that got there early because of my scheduling snafu... They went. What's the name of that place again? I can't remember. Tableau. Yeah, Tableau. They went there, I guess, on Friday... So we went back there on Sunday, and then after that we went to the Carousel Bar, and then we kind of wandered around, and we ended up at uh, a bar kind of towards the Marigny, and this... Oh, you guys went back the other direction. Yeah, we went back towards where our Airbnb was, and this was probably 
the low point of the trip for me, personally. <laughs> We're headed back towards our Airbnb and towards the Marini, and there's a bar kind of in between, on the, the main drag, uh, right by the, the big marketplace. You know, the marketplace that I'm talking about? Do you remember the name of it? No. Okay. And so, uh, it was a cool place, and it had a very nice uh, courtyard. Oh, cool. You know, because uh, not a lot of New Orleans bars have the, the patio, and if they do have a patio, it's in the back. Always, yeah, the little courtyard in the back. The yeah. little hole that looks up through the... And so this place was great, and they had, like, the string lights up, and... Sure. And there was nobody back there, it was just us. So there's probably, I don't know, 10, 12 of us at this point. My girlfriend's uh, best friend from college, her phone is dying. And which, which one is this? Mackenzie. Oh, she's so nice. Mackenzie was great. Um, so she's, she's like, my, my phone is dying. And so I'm, I'm looking around for uh, a power outlet. And the only one I can see is at the end of the run of string lights up on the top of the fence at the end of the courtyard. The right? only plug is up on top of a wall? Well, you know how, like, you have the string lights. I know that they have to plug in somewhere, but nowhere right. else in the I, back. I don't, I, I, I don't, none of us see an outlet anywhere. How long did you look? Not very long. <laughs> <laughs> so then... So, so that's just the one you just followed the lights to the one right, on the well, wall and she then was, called it like that's the only plug in the back. As I re as I remember, Mackenzie was like, "There's a plug up there," and I was like, "Got it." So I grab her Dave. phone. I grab her phone and I grab her her power cord. What was it gonna do? Just dangle from the? Sure. Yeah. I was gonna make it work. You were and gonna so, dangle from the wall. And so I, I climb up on the table that's right there by the corner, and it I'm still not I'm still not high enough to reach it. So I have to crawl on top of a planter where there's like a kind of a shrubbery. <laughs> and so I'm, you climbed on top of table onto planter. Yes, I I climbed on a planter, and so I am attempting to. I was going to plug her uh, charger in to the end of the string of lights, and then I was going to set her phone on top of this fence that Were was you going to unplug the lights? No. It was the end of the lights. It, it's where, if you had another string of lights, you would plug that string of lights in. Oh, like Christmas lights? Yeah. What did you think I was talking about? So her phone charger, you could plug the string of lights into that and then into the charger and they would all still work. No, it's at the end of a string of Christmas lights. Sure. There is a female plug and you can plug a male plug of another string of Christmas lights into it. Oh, but there or... wasn't a phone. There wasn't a plug up there. No, I. it's just like an extension cord. It's just like plugging her phone charger into the end of an extension cord. So you disconnected the lights? No! Damn it, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just the end of the string. Sure. And there's no other lights, but it's just a female plug up there. Right? Right. 
So you can. Oh, there's not a. Yeah, okay. nothing's plugged into it. So there's it. not a power plug up there. It's the end of the light. It's the yeah. It's the it's basically the end of an extension cord. That was your. Why didn't you find out where the lights are plugged in? Don't ask me. Damn it, Dave. So <laughs> y'all have already been. Y'all have already had brunch at this point. You've already been to the carousel bar. A billion drinks in. Okay. So um, what is this? So I'm guessing I, this is three o'clock. No, this is this is probably uh, maybe around four or five in the evening, afternoon. Okay. Uh, so I get up on the planter, and I'm very precariously trying to plug her charger into the end of the string lights. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I touch the string lights, like I just grazed them. You grazed the lights. I grazed the lights with it, your hand. It was like that they were stuck up there with scotch tape. As soon as I touched... I've been there for 20 years. As soon as I touched it, the whole strand fell. <laughs> and one of the... Or, or I think actually two of the bulbs swung down and exploded on top of the table where everyone was sitting. <laughs> Huge crash, and of course the manager. Well, and... what happened? Did anyone get hurt? No, no one got hurt. Couple but, of shards but, of glass. Yeah, in the but neck. there there was glass everywhere, and live electrical wires <laughs> everywhere, and so uh, they swept up all the glass. I apologized. I offered to pay whatever it costs to replace these lights. They were like, "It's fine, don't worry." And then they put it back up with like seven zip ties <laughs> so i um i caused an explosion and then we left of light bulbs and stuff yes yeah, so, so I... nothing happened after that so the light bulbs fell the light bulbs fell and exploded and uh i heard of another almost, incident that they happened. Al they almost killed uh marissa and mckenzie but they ended up fine and uh then we it was it was not quite as dramatic a replay of We're Old and Scared from Baton Rouge. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, it was almost like that, but it was... We knew that they wanted us to leave. God, they hated you. Yeah, they really did. So I knew that we needed to leave. <laughs> I, I, I said, I'm leaving. I don't know if the rest of you want to leave, but... I get the vibe that I need to leave. It's time to go. Yeah. Well, that and so, makes and sense so then for the I, weekend. Right, but but then I went outside mm -hmm. and... Rallied. Right above the front door. Rainbow. Right where I left it. Uh-huh. Still frozen. A daiquiri that I had gotten before we even went to that place. Golden. You're making money at this point. Right. Did you... Um, so where'd y'all go after that? Uh, then we tried to go to a place and... When was your plane flight the next day? Uh, not till the afternoon. Oh, you're... Yeah. Man, you really we, 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 had, we had loads of time. Sure. Uh, so we tried to go to another place. Uh, we got frozen out because we didn't have a reservation. Then we went to some random taco place, which ended up being great. And, uh, then we all went our separate ways after that. So you didn't miss a whole lot on the last day when you were doing your baton. I love the carousel bar, but you know, I've done that with you before. Yes. I forgot what we did there. And why were you there? What were we doing? I don't know. 
But the, but this last time was the first time that I'd ever sat at the carousel bar. Oh yeah, because we I like to sit at the tables and watch the carousel right. bar go by. But if I, you sit at the carousel bar, it will make you ill. No, I don't like to sit there. I like to watch it. Right, that's what I'm saying. But if you're sitting at the bar and it's rotating, then it's like you you look up and you look at something that you like a a bottle in the bar. Yeah. And you think that that's st static, but then you look behind and there's something moving and it just to totally throws off your equilibrium. Yeah. And you're no. already wasted. <laughs> it is fun though. It goes so slow. You know that that carousel thing has been going on since there's a whole history of the mechanics underneath that bar to make that thing spin around so slow. Right. It's been going on since probably, I think the uh, 1200s. It sounds accurate. Probably the 10 hundreds. Yeah. Or at least the 13 hundreds. Does the 10 hundreds sound right? I don't know. I was going to say the 9 hundreds. Whatever it is, it sounds right. Do you have another song you want to play or should we just end it? Let's just end it now. No, let's play your song. It says on a... It has a weird title, so I kind of want to hear it. Okay, so yeah, this is my last tune, and uh, when we get to the last tune, it's it's usually a guilty pleasure, and uh, this is certainly a guilty pleasure. Is it dancey? Yes. Good, Dave. Um, so <laughs> it's um, the lyrics are certainly on point for what we experienced in New Orleans because we were gramming the whole time and tweeting and posting. That's weird. What is it? Okay. Uh, this song is entitled On Social Media, and uh, it is off of a brand new EP by the legendary synth-pop group Pet Shop Boys. And it goes just like this on HT... HTWOW.
<laughs> yeah, that's a ridiculous song. It's so ridiculous. But it's a jam. But they did that as a joke, obviously. Yeah, so um, it's a four-song EP. It's called Agenda. And the uh, the, co- the cover, here, look at the cover. It's like a... Uh, it's like a girl with a selfie stick, yeah. and she's you know like at like a super glam location. I mean, she looks good. Yeah, she looks great. So they released all the songs in a row, like one day after the other, and then uh, ended up recently. Like this. Yeah, is a... yeah, like in the last couple weeks. And so the first Why song. Why you? How do you know about this? I follow them on social media. On like what Facebook? Yeah, like Facebook and and Twitter. I don't know. Twitter. Yeah, so the the first song was uh, Let's Give Stupidity a Chance. Uh, We'll listen to that on the the Late Night Pod. And then uh, On Social Media was the next one. Uh, Then uh, they had another song, What Should We Do With the Rich? And then there's another song called Forgotten Child. And so they're all vaguely political. They're all, you know, just... Typical Pet Shop Boys tongue in cheek. Yeah, but they're, yeah, I was about to say, it's slightly political, but they're also just. Yeah, they can't be bothered, you know. They're having fun with this. Right. Obviously. And so, uh, you know, they haven't put anything out since 2016's Super, which I don't think I ever listened to. They are uh, working on a new full length record, but uh, none of these four songs from the EP are going to be on that. So it's just kind of a, it's kind of a one off and. Kind of their political statement, whatever. Um, but I just thought it was kind of a laugh riot. You know, anytime that you have a song that references hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I am uh, alone in this, but I thought that was awesome. No, it's good. I'm always glad when people make fun of what's right in front of our faces. Right. Well, I mean, Neil Tennant, with his deadpan and just his... His ability to turn a phrase, he can take something obvious and turn it into something biting Does the social commentary. Does the player still have that pen and teller thing where <laughs> you never hear him talk? Yeah, he, he, I don't think he really ever talks. Were I you guess. the one that had the, uh, did you go see them at the Majestic? I didn't see them at the Majestic. I saw them at the Verizon or whatever the thing is in Grand Prairie. Did they play the Majestic or am I insane? I, th- I think they did. I mean, I don't the think I saw that. footage from that? Did you see the light show from that? No. Dude, they're crazy. It's, um, I can't believe the dough they spent on their backdrop. Stuff. I mean, they're great. I, they have put out so many records and I've really lost touch. You know, I mean, if you look at their... The last record that I really remember listening to front to cover was Very in 93. (laughs) Does anyone even know what that means when you reference front to cover? (laughs) No. Okay, good. Um, And so since Very in 93, Mm -hmm. they they had Bilingual in 96, Nightlife in 99. What was the one that Suburbia song was on? That was, I think that was just on uh, the best of. I don't think that was actually on a record, was it? I don't know, but that song is Suburbia's. So good. Yeah, Suburbia's awesome. 
But uh, so yes, bilingual in '96, nightlife in '99, release in 2002, fundamental in 2006, yes in 2009, Elysium in 2012, electric in 2013, and super in 2016. And you know, I mean, maybe I've heard a handful of songs in the last 20 years, but for the most part, my love of the Pet Shop Boys extends from 1986 to 1993. But I would go see them anytime. In a heartbeat. I would go see them at any time. And, and I think every single song that I've heard off of that EP, brilliant. Biting social commentary, Neil Tennant. Love it. <laughs> Love it, bro. What else do we need to talk about? Did we sufficiently cover New Orleans? Your story was great about you uh, ruining the backyard of a bar. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than that. Um, other than that, we just had a really good time. It really was. I mean, the <laughs> I will. I will always... When I'm 70, it, God willing, if I live to be 70, I will go back and look at that video that I took of everyone in that <laughs> seance room. It will forever be my favorite American city. Well, um, as, I, as I told several people on the trip, I had two things working in my favor. One was New Orleans, and two was Marissa. That... If this gathering of people had been anywhere else, whether it be Dallas, Fort Worth, Seattle, Mexico, whatever, and if it had been for me rather than Marissa, there's no way that 18 people would have showed up. But the fact that it was in New Orleans, which is such a fantastic hang and such an easy place to get to, and the fact that it was for Marissa, who everyone loves, it made it so easy to get so many people to commit. It's, and it was so much fun. It is so much fun. It's Disneyland for grown-ups. Yeah. Well, if you are a, uh, a listener who has never been to New Orleans, if you have preconceived notions about the French Quarter or Bourbon Street or whatever... I mean, we Did didn't we do even we didn't we didn't do any of that. No, y'all went to uh, Lafitte's, uh, and that's at the very end of Bourbon Street. Right, right. Um, but, but you but never is, go to where. The, yeah, there is so much else to do, and it's such a fantastic city with so many amazing, beautiful, interesting people that you owe it to yourself to go if you've never been. And, and if you want to go there with the family. You don't have to. It's still so much fun if you don't. Want yeah, to. you can do it at any speed that you want to do. If you, you want to go, if you want to stay Mardi up Mardi all Mardi. night, and if you want to go full throttle, you can. But if you want to do it with the kids, and you know you want to go to some museums, and you want to take some streetcars, and do some ghost tours, and whatever, I mean, you can do it however you want to do it, and it, it's a great city. All right, last flood song. What are you gonna do? Well, I noticed on our list, you know, because once again, uh, I, I was telling you, there were so many things I could play. I could have played Jesus and Mary Chain stuff, Depeche Mode, Erasure. I wanted to play an Erasure song for sure, but we haven't played a lot of Charlatans, right? Have we played any Charlatans? Um, I think I played one Charlatan song, but it was like a new one. Oh, really? Yeah. 
you know, this is around, um, I don't want to say it's Flood's heydays, because he's still completely relevant. But I also didn't want to play a bunch of new stuff, because I don't play the new stuff. No, that's not your job. So I'm hitting him right in a row here. This is like right after Doppelganger, I would say two years later. 94? Is this 94? Which which album is this off of? Uh, in up be- to our hips. In between, I can't remember the name. Is there an in between us? Oh, uh, us and us only. No. Between tenth and eleventh. Yes, that's it. Between, between tenth and eleventh. Between tenth and eleventh, there's a song called Weirdo. Oh yes. Right. Ah! Do you like that song? I love that song. So, between 10th and 11th is the second Charlatan's record. So, you got to think around this time, Flood is going studio to studio. There's so many people he's working with at this point. And then he does probably the Charlatan's. I mean, for us, the early Charlatan stuff is probably more important. Right. But Weirdo is definitely their biggest song. Yeah, and it's funny because for the longest time we talked about with uh, uh, Al Jorgensen and Ministry, for the longest time he disavowed with sympathy. For the longest time the Charlatans disavowed between 10th and 11th. They didn't like it? No, I think in retrospect they didn't like it, but I think in hindsight I think now they realize what a, uh, a fucking masterpiece it was of the time. Again, uh, the Charlatans, another one of my pet bands that, along with the Beta Band and Failure and countless others, that I love that I didn't think anyone else loved. But I'm so glad that you're playing this. And this, uh, of course, features uh, the late, great Rob Collins on the Hammond organ. Boy, this one, he is loud and proud. Weirdo on HTWOW.
You know, it's funny. I just was looking up the flood producer credits and uh, one of the considerations that I had to bring to the pod is uh, a band called White Lies. Yeah, the new one. That's probably his last one of his last things he's done, right? Yeah, they just came out. White Lies, their fifth album called Five, and it was produced and mixed by Flood. I'm glad that we uh, got on the producer thing. It's it's much easier for me than to... Uh, but every now and then I'll sprinkle in the musician that... Sure. It, it, it is whatever you want it to be. Uh, or whatever our listeners want it to be. Again, um, htwowpod at gmail.com. He's at Toby Pipes on Twitter. I'm at Dave Lane on Twitter. No, not Dave Lane. At Old Waver on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, if you want us to play something, talk about something on the podcast, tell us. And we'll either think it's a great idea or we'll totally ignore it. Man, that... Um... Tommy has set us off on a... Yes, thank you, Tommy. I'm enjoying my, my final American Beauty. It's going to be a long night. Can't wait for the after dark. Tommy, why did you do this? <laughs> Told me. Do you have some um, World in My Eyes queued up for us? Okay, this is going to stop. Let's see what this fade-in feels like. Are you ready? I'm ready. Right, we're about to hit I a trust f- you. We're about to hit a fade, bro. Get ready. Mm. Let me show you the world in my eyes.